I know the alternative is probably the better option, which is having Tomas Tatar and Jonathan Drouin actually play well. But I gotta say, doesn't it feel nice and refreshing that Jared Bednar has the option to take someone like Tomas Tatar, who is a top nine forward on this team and one that we expect to play big top six minutes throughout the regular season, and another guy in Jonathan Drouin, and let me repeat, is a top nine forward on this team and one that we expect to play big top six minutes throughout the season and healthy scratch both of them, not because they're injured, not because they're banged up, because he has two other options of guys that he can play. One of them being Riley Tufty, which he talked highly about post game after the Avalanche had that four to one victory over the St. Louis Blues last night. And the other being Curtis McDermott, who obviously we all have opinions on if he's a capable NHLer, but you know, it's a far cry from the team last year that had Martin Cowden, their top six, had Alex Newhook as a second line center, second line winger, had this mix and jumble of guys like Anton Bleed and Lucas Sedlak and, you know, Sampo Rantas of the world, you name it. We all saw what happened last year, but it is just really refreshing to see that the Avs have depth. Is Riley Tufty going to be a full-time NHLer? I'm not sure. You know, we're still trying to figure that out, but for a guy that has six goals in six games in the American Hockey League, he earned an opportunity to play. Jared Bednar gave it to him, and he did pretty well. He didn't have any points, but like he said, he's got a nose for the net. He, uh, I believe the quote was something along the lines of when he's in the blue paint, his, his nose is, is down on the puck the entire time, meaning he's a big body. He's causing havoc. He's He's in the crease. He's He's out-muscling these bigger players, trying to make sure that he can help the Avalanche dig out the puck and hound the puck away from the Blues and score another goal. Um, obviously, that line didn't end up scoring him, Valerian Nichushkin, and center Ryan Johansson. But it was still the main purpose of this is to say it was still nice to see Jared Bednar have the option to sit two of his top nine forwards and say you need to be better. And like I wrote in my article at MileHighSports.com yesterday, the goal isn't to sit them forever, but it's to let it serve as a wake-up call to say, we need more from you. And that includes Tomas Tatar, who in eight games has four points, which is not bad considering he had 48 last season. That's a 41-point pace. But all of them are assists, and there are games where he's taken nights off, and that's not acceptable when you're playing for Jared Bednar. I'm Arif Dean, obviously, of Mile High Sports. This is Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast. I'm going to start getting these shows out a lot more consistently after games, especially the day after home games, uh, to chat about the previous day and to kind of give you my insights on what I saw. The other good conversation or the other worthy conversation to come out of last night's game, obviously, like I said, 4-1 to victory over the St. Louis Blues. The avalanche snap a two-game losing streak where they were shut out both times 4 to nothing. By the Pittsburgh Penguins and by the Buffalo Sabres. Um, the other conversation to come out of the game was Ivan Prosvetov. Uh, big topic of conversation. He was pretty dang good in that game. He made 27 saves on 28 shots. What I loved about what the Avalanche did with this kid, as much as I have been all about playing him since you know the start of this last road trip, even before the victory, or even before the two losses, going back to that victory against the New York Islanders. I always had this thought that you're going to have to give Georgiev a rest. Until I talked to Prosvetov post-game yesterday, and Ivan said that when the team acquired him, obviously on the eve of the regular season, this is a player who's 24 years old, who's played 13 games over three seasons in the NHL. He's played a lot of AHL games as well. 
he was picked up the eve of the season. He needed to learn the system. He needed to learn how to work with UC Parkala, who he credited a lot, like all goalies do that come out here, especially because Parkala's uh, coached in Russia before, something that he made sure to mention to me, and, and that helped. But he said that the Avalanche told him, you need to be patient. And we'll work with you, and we'll get you in. We'll get you uh, ready to go. And and he was like they waited until November first to shine this kid up to make sure that he's as ready as he could be in this uh, for his debut. And obviously, I mean his starting debut because he played those eight minutes against Pittsburgh last week, and it proved that it was a right the right decision. You know, do I agree that you should have played Georgiev eight straight games in a row? No, absolutely not. But I also think that it's nice that you can rely on someone like him. It's one game, and I know it's one game, but he looked like he knew what he was doing. From the very beginning of the game, there was that play where Jordan Cairo was skating up the boards and he sent the pass through the circle right to the blue paint where Braden Shen was for that tap in and uh or whatever the one timer tap in, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that bang bang play and Prosvitov made that save. It was the first shift of the game. And from there, he never really looked back. You know, Robert Thomas beat him late in the second period. Shutout would have been nice, of course, but he did pretty dang well there. And uh, like the most important thing, again, like I go back to games with, you know, other backups that the Avalanche have struggled with when Frankie was out. So think Hunter Miska, think Jonas Johansson. Inconsistent that, you know, even in the games where they play well, just look like there was a lot of luck involved in their saves, their positioning. I wish I had JJ on the show right now to kind of talk about the goaltending and the positioning because that's something that, you know, he always gave a lot of good insight on. But I think that having Prosvitov play, not just surrender just one goal, but play the way he did in terms of making sure that he looked like he was in position and he looked like he, he he was holding the fort down well was really huge for the avalanche. Um, so shout out to him. I expect to see him playing more here soon. Uh, I would love to see Prosvitov play well enough that including yesterday, so nine more games, he gets three of the next nine, which would mean he would get four of four of ten games because the Avs are going to go on a little bit of a run here where there is a lot there are a lot of opportunities to play him. You know, they're going into Vegas on Saturday. That's absolutely a Georgiev game. Perhaps that home game versus the Devils is also Georgiev. But then you got the Kraken and the Blues at home, the Kraken on the road, the Ducks at home, the Stars, the Preds, the Canucks, the Wild, the Flames. Like, there's a lot of opportunities there. Obviously, there are some good teams in there and some important games. That Stars game, you're not messing around. Vegas, you're not messing around. Um, Dare I say, Anaheim, you're not messing around. They look pretty fun so far to start the year. But there's a lot of opportunities to get Prosvitov in there. And if in the next nine games you can give him three more starts and be at a point where 19 games into the season, you've played him four times, and those four were in the last 10, which means Georgiev is very much rested, uh, it could be worse. So that's what I think they should do with the goaltending. Uh, a couple of other notes. It was nice to see Miko Rantanen get back on the board. It was nice to see Bowen Byram get a big goal. I loved Ross Colton playing with Miles Wood and Logan O'Connor. You know, before that Tomas Tatar signing, that was always the line combination. And, you know, I agree with everybody else when I say Logan O'Connor belongs on the fourth line. But damn, that kid makes it hard to keep him there throughout the season. He always goes through that drought in the middle of the year, but especially in the early going. He makes it really hard to keep him on that fourth line when he plays the way he's been playing this year. Uh, so I thought that line worked really well together. Obviously, they were rewarded with a big goal. I chatted with Ross Colton after, and he did mention getting the monkey off the back. 
Uh, Jared Bednar made a good point post game. He told us, you can tell how excited a player is to score a goal by the way he celebrates. And we all saw the way Ross Colton celebrated his goal, his first on a goalie of the season. He's got two this year, but the other one was an empty netter. So you know he wanted to get that monkey off the back. He's a $4 million guy now and knows that two goals and I believe one assist, three points in nine games isn't going to cut it for $4 million salary. And, and he wants to be... He wants to be better offensively, and he knows he can be. And, you know, quite frankly, he's just had a lot of opportunities uh, that haven't really found the back of the net. So hopefully this one will break him out of that. Uh, I loved seeing Kale McCarr not only play after that injury scare in Buffalo, but play well and not look like he's laboring in any sorts. Uh, Arturi Lekkinen, you know, started the season a little slow the first couple of games. He's got nine points in 10 games. It's so great to see that. Um, it's also worth noting because I've been noting this every single game, but whatever the avalanche are doing with Ryan Johansson, it's working. They're not playing him a lot. They're keeping him kind of reserved to big minutes in terms of, uh, playing on the power play and things like that. But Ryan Johansson only had 1353 of ice time. The other centers, Ross Colton, 1335 and Frederick Olofsson, 1225. So the fourth line center was only 88 seconds away from the second line center. And of course, you had Nathan McKinnon, who only played 20-28. So what's good about what the Avalanche have right now is in a fourth line center that you can trust to play 12 plus minutes, you can you can keep the minutes low for the second line center, you know, to keep him fresh. Ryan Johansson's an older guy that doesn't have the same kind of speed as the rest of the team. He's more of a smart, high IQ player and a power play specialist on this team. But you can keep him fresh without meaning... Nathan McKinnon has to play 25, 26 minutes. You can spread those to Frederick Olofsson, obviously to Ross Colton, who in terms of avalanche salary cap makes just as much money as Ryan Johansson, uh, the same $4 million cap hit. Obviously, he gets paid another four from Nashville, but that's beyond the point. So you can kind of do that and 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 it, it makes sense. So uh, like I said, Ross Colton, he only played 18 seconds fewer than Johansson and below that. Frederick Olofsson played 88 seconds fewer than Johansson, and you wouldn't have even thought of it. You wouldn't have even noticed. It doesn't seem like the Avalanche are overplaying Nathan McKinnon like they had to last year because of the lack of center depth. Uh, Ryan Johansson does what he does well. 13 faceoff wins on 20 faceoffs. The rest of the Avalanche only won 19 and lost 26. So this is why he was brought in, and he's doing a damn good job at it. Uh, he always looks good on the power play, and I think that that's great. Um, Kale McCarr, like I said, he played 25-22, and he didn't look like he was laboring at all, so that's awesome. Nathan McKinnon's back up to a point per game. He's got 9-9, nine and nine, uh, which you want to see more from him, and I believe you will. Uh, Miko Rantanen's up to 14 points, so he's looked pretty good. I thought Sam Gerrard and Bo Byram, I know Bo scored a goal, but Gerrard and Byram, that pairing looked really good yesterday. Uh, it was the first time I've seen him play that well. So uh, with that... I do obviously want to remind you all that Mile High Sports' Hockey Mountain High podcast is brought to you by Superbook Sports. Win a trip to the biggest football game of the year courtesy of Superbook Sports. Superbook will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game. They will also give you two tickets to the game plus a three-night hotel stay. You can't beat that. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you will automatically be entered in to win. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, with that, it is 10.15 in the morning. I am heading to Avalanche practice, 11 a.m. before they fly out to Vegas. I will not be on the road for that game, but I'll have all the coverage from Family Sports. 
And obviously from here in Denver, while the Avalanche and the Golden Knights are going head-to-head in that slobber knocker of a match on Saturday. So with that, I'm Arif Dean. This is Hockey Mountain High. I'll chat with you guys again soon.